quiet, but thanks in part to the efforts of Iranian-American Kat Khosrayar, a revolution for women's soccer in Iran is gaining traction every day. Khosrayar, now 27, moved to Iran 10 years ago. She is captain the Iranian women's national soccer team and now holds a seat on the sports national oversight board in addition to coaching the national under-14 team. Featured in a Wall Street Journal article last month, Khosrayar is celebrating small but steady change in soccer at the youth level. 4,000 Iranian girls now play soccer in Iran's women's and girls' leagues, up from none in 2005, according to the country's soccer association. Women's sports still face resistance in Iran. The women's national team has struggled in top-level international competition and is currently in the process of being reconstituted. Government leaders contest women even watching soccer, much less playing it in public. But Khosrayar spoke with Around the Rings on Tuesday and said that right now her focus isn't being able to get into stadiums to watch men's soccer games. Her focus, and the focus of her under-14 team, is winning. Khosrayar believes that to be taken seriously, women have to take themselves seriously. Hopefully, the more supporters we have within the country, the better it will be. And the way to get supporters is um, when uh, we win tournaments, and that's Asian and Asian tournaments. So we need to prove to them that we are we want to see this game. It's not because we just want to come to come. We want to come so we can learn. We can be a part of this whole global experience of uh, soccer. So they have they have to take us seriously, but we have to take ourselves serious first. And I think. Uh, with me here as an American Iranian, you know, I, I'm talking to them a lot about it, that how much we can learn from watching the men's matches. Because if you search our stadium, um, the Azadi complex, this holds 100,000 people and 100,000 men, you know, and it's like all of a sudden here comes women into um, the stadium. It's going to be a huge shock for everyone, you know, especially all those 200,000 eyes looking at you. It's a step-by-step process, and I'm very sure that in the upcoming years this will change, or we will have our own stadium where we have just female spectators. But um, this is a... I I believe that within a few years that that will change because we're going to have a lot more female uh, soccer players. Um, They're going to take us more seriously because we're going to win more tournaments. So this is something that um, we're all very much looking forward to. But right now, trying to get into a stadium is the, not, our, not our priority. We need to win some major tournaments, get some titles under our belts so we can say that, yeah, we want to go for just to watch our, our teams play or even play ourselves in the stadium. That's, that's what should be our goal. What's your background with soccer and, and what led you to where you are now coaching this national under-14 team in Iran? So I started soccer um, when I was five years old in the U.S. Since I started, I don't I don't remember ever a day saying that I want to quit this sport because along the way, a lot of my friends decided to just stop playing. And um, for me, I just always try to take it to the next level. Whenever I was in the States, uh, back whenever I was there, like the ODP, which is for Olympic Development Program, they, that was how you were able to get into the, your regional team, and uh, from there you can be selected for the national team. And I was selected for the regional team when I was about 15, 16 years old. And, I mean, I, I, I knew I was going to play college ball. I knew uh, I, knew I was going to take it very, very far with my, uh, with my career. But I don't know if you know any Persian or Iranian people, but um, their parents, uh, there's no such thing as having a career in sports unless like you are managing 
or something like that. Right. So I had to do this alongside with my uh, with my education of going to school. I had to be able to study alongside play this sport. So whenever I was 17, I came to Iran for the first time where I was uh, picked up by my family. But this wasn't just like a, a couple of people. It was about 20 people standing outside with flowers and chocolate. I mean, it was like the red carpet moment that I was always waiting for at that age. Having that um, was kind of the initial steps of me changing my mind of staying in the States and going um, to like to university or college uh, there compared to staying in Iran. I really wanted to have that experience in my life because I never had it before. So, I mean, one thing led to another. And um, whenever I was in Iran for my summer vacation in 2005, I had to train because when I came back to the States, I mean, my, my team was uh, state champs. And uh, we were training very hard to make it into the top 50 of the U.S. So I always had to train, train, train. And I found um, a, a local uh, futsal team and was training with them for a while. And then uh, I was actually um, scouted by the lady who was going to be the women's national coach for football for the very first team. So whenever they told me uh, the criteria of uh, the women's national team of Iran, you had to play with hijab, uh, uh, because it is the laws of the country, are you comfortable with this? And for me, it was just a very different experience, and I don't think people get to experience so many different things in their life, especially coming from Oklahoma or um, um, at the time I was living in Texas. So I really decided, I was like, I want something different. I, I need to do this. I feel like it's my calling, so I stayed. And that's pretty much how it took off. Once you started playing for Iran's national women's soccer team. I know you became a captain. And what was that experience like? I know you've mentioned the attire that you had to wear while you played was very different, I'm sure, than what you wore yes. when you were playing in the States. So <laughs> Very different. But the thing is, is that you get to, I mean, I adapt very easily since I'm very, I consider myself very international. Um, you have to be able to adapt yourself to any culture or any a place that you are in to be like the rest. Do you know I, what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so like that, that saying, like, when in Rome, be like the Romans, that was how it was for me. If I want to be successful um, in my career, you know, I I decided to do it. And playing with the hijab, the only, uh, we just looked like ninjas. You know, I, I never right. thought I would be a ninja <laughs> one day. So I have to play around with it a little bit. I mean, I'm not, I know it is for religious purposes, but at the same time, you, you feel like, uh, you feel like awesome. Like, like, yeah, I'm a ninja. The people who are, my opponents are like looking at me like, really frightened. They're like, okay, are they going to like jump and like do like jump kicks? What are they going to do? <laughs> well, that's so great because that kind of speaks to what you were saying before that I think sometimes the depiction of Iran in in the media here at least is so different than than what you're describing as having been there and seen things and experienced things firsthand you know exactly exactly you know Iran is has a lot to offer I mean when you're in the states you know like from California all the way to New York I mean the same language is spoken you know and it's like pretty much the same generic things that you're gonna see not much of a difference but when you're in Iran starting from the north um, which is considered Azerbaijan, which is where my father's originally from, they have a completely different language, completely different culture, food, everything. And then the further you go down, you see, like, the skin color of people change, too. So, like, the south of Iran, it looks like everyone is from Africa. They're very, very dark-skinned, and they have a completely different language. 
So this was like you're traveling in a country that's like as if you're traveling throughout a continent. You know, you had so many different um, just traditions, cultures, languages, uh, food throughout the whole country. And uh, that's, that was something very exciting. Like I still haven't traveled to all the cities, but uh, when I was um, when I started my coaching career, I had to travel to all the cities to find my players. You know, I didn't want to leave anybody out. And how will working with the under-14 team, I know that you're leading right now, benefit that that goal or that um, that ambition of yours? Well, I'm start, I've started with the base. I, I don't want to go ahead um, because I was the very first woman in Iran to be selected when I was 23 years old to participate in a program that's very difficult to get into, and I was selected just to go into it from FIFA. And AFC is the Asian Football Confederation, which is like if you see um, uh, FIFA as the major umbrella for the Asian side, it's AFC that controls all of Asia, okay? I was selected to go to that coaching program, which took me about two and a half, three years to finish all my levels of coaching to be um, given the A license, which is the top, top license when I was 25. Being given that, that's where my whole um, path started. I started with like little nine-year-olds. I had to search throughout the whole country to find a group of girls to come train them. So I want to start with the base so I can teach them everything that I know. Now that they're now most of them are about 11, 12 years old, which are considered for the under 14 team. I mean, they they're awesome. Like these girls, uh, because they've been with me for such a long time now, they they are playing very professionally. And um, it's not just a matter of playing. It's just also their mentality has shifted as well. You know, I'm teaching them as much as I know about the world, about other teams, about the other cultures, teaching them English even. I'm, my hopes are for this under-14 national team that in the next few years, whenever they become under-16 national team and under-19 national team and women's national team, we can actually go to major tournaments and um, win, and if not win, at least p- play so good that um, people don't have much to say about not letting us do certain things. So I want to train and prepare them so well that in the next coming years, we can win major titles. Do you have support from, from fellow athletes or other leaders in sport and, and even city political leaders in Iran? Yes, we do. We have um, a few uh, female political leaders here. They, they're they very supportive. They want to see, uh, compared to the other sports, they want to see football really uh, raise the bar for the rest of the sports because it's a, it's a national sport here. So we have a lot of pressure for people from people telling us that you guys have to win. Well, finance the whole thing, but you guys have to win no matter what. So we have a lot of pressure, actually, because, I mean, it, it's football that that plays the role for all the other sports. On, a, I guess, a broader scale, have you seen any any growth nationally in participation in soccer from Iranian women as a result of all of these efforts? We've seen um, a lot of, we have a lot of attention. A lot of people want to get involved, but we don't have the facilities to do so. So football, because it's an outdoor sport and um, there needs to be like green grass and all of this and uh, the, the equipment needs to be there, people haven't invested enough. So that's why we're hoping that after the sanction relief that we'll get foreign sponsorship to help build programs for football. But the thing is, is that we have futsal, which is the indoor soccer, indoor soccer five aside. That is played all over the country, the women who don't have the football fields, they go straight to futsal because they have to. 
that's the only way you can train and prepare for your football tournaments or if you want to be selected for football. Each city has more than probably 20 or 30 futsal fields. And that I mean that's the fact that that's there is actually better for us. It's better than nothing for now. So it's it's going to be a slow process, and um, we are we are really hoping that we can get at least a few football academies across the regions, so people women can go train there instead of train futsal because it's indoors. Reforms set forth by Agenda 2020. It was all pioneered by the new IOC president Thomas Bach. It's part of <coughs> excuse me, it's part of his effort to to change the the face of sport and one of the the recommendations that of course stood out to me as as a woman is recommendation 11 which suggests fostering 50% female participation in the olympics and including mixed gender events so i didn't know has this maybe come up at all in in your efforts with women's soccer in iran for now i think the main focus of iran is the 50% female participation in the olympics because we have a large pool of talent in various different sports and uh, they want to use it. They want more gold medals because they see the potential of women here in various sports. And But right now, I think um, as far as team sports, uh, we're, we're not doing as good as we should be, but our individual sports are excelling very well, like taekwondo, karate, um, riflery, sports that are individual. But as far as team, uh, we need a lot more time and a lot better coaches to train us. I mean, we have lack of coaches, let me put it that, that way. Well, yeah, a lot of women that I've talked to over the past couple of years as this Olympic Agenda 2020 has been implemented have said that if we want more participation from females, one of the key factors would be women in leadership roles within the International Olympic Committee and within national federations to inspire girls to play whatever sport they're, you know, wanting to go out and play because without women leading the effort, it, it might, it might, you know, not necessarily inspire the same kind of motivation from other girls. Do you agree? Is it, is it maybe uh, partially about increasing also IOC female membership? Definitely, definitely. Like uh, something that Iran has done which, I mean, compared to the countries around us, we've done a pretty good job is putting women in those roles. But these women, they, it, it takes time. Like, that's all, that's, it's really difficult because, like, right now, our president of our federation, it's a man, but next to him, there's a woman as well who was just newly elected, and she's a great manager. But it can't just be her. You know, it has to be a, a, a huge effort from all the women. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a few females in um, the Olympic Committee of Iran as well who are really trying to make change happen as far as how um, each sport is um, managed. And it's going to take a few more years, but I think they're, they're headed towards the right direction because like the newspapers, on television, you have all of these women leaders who are talking about um, how more women need to get involved, how more women need to start playing sports, and how, what they are doing themselves to um, finance and to provide what the necessities for the women here who are playing at a very, very top level. But um, right now, I think that what has been lacking for a few years, and they're really trying to um, find the, the reason behind it, which I think they did, is why we need to start programs for like kids who are five, six years old. Not all of a sudden when the girl is like 10, 11 to put her in sports. It needs to be something that is started at a very, very young age, and they're implementing 
these new um, programs throughout all of the cities and villages and like the metropolitan cities for people to get more involved. And it's going to take a while until you find like your key players for any sport, but I, I feel like they're doing a much better job than they used to. Now they know the cause of the problems, they're really trying to tackle those problems. Could your efforts affect sports other than soccer, other than um, other than that necessarily that federation, FIFA, could spread beyond Iran and other parts of the world? Oh, it, 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 um, for sure. I mean, it's not it's not just my efforts. I think what I'm doing is able to grab the international community's attention. And um, as far as domestic attention, you know, I'm the American-Iranian soccer player, you know. And they like that I was able to move here and adapt to them. But we have, what we are, what I'm personally doing is just trying to, trying to grab the attention and try not to, I'm not trying to put myself in that position, but trying to be a role model for other girls. That's like with my, with my under 14 team, like they, they really look up to me, which is the best feeling in the world. I wish my little sister did that with me, but she didn't. (laughs) She went into modeling instead, but, um. I think it's it can't just be me. All I what I I told everyone, even the president of the federation, because she asked so much of me to do. But I told her that it has to be more people from different sports, and we have to. I mean, the last ten years has just been spreading the word that female plays soccer. You know, now that everyone knows, now we can actually make a movement where people get involved more and people want to support us more. Well, I know. I think even here in the states, I. I've seen this shift since since our team won the the Women's World Cup that I just feel like there's this new kind of um conversation happening right afterward everyone was talking about the difference in salary for the female players for the US and the male players and that conversation I don't think really in in years had even been considered you know so it's like you said I hadn't really thought about the fact that it's not necessarily about right now going, getting into stadiums, watching men's soccer matches, but it's about winning because that's when you draw people's attention, you know? Exactly. And that's what we're looking forward to do. That's why we're, we're very quiet right now with our movements. You know, it's like keeping quiet, keep just training hard and focusing. That's what we have to do. We can't go out there and be like, yeah, we want to get paid this much. We want to, we want this, we want that. We just have to keep our heads down and focus on the goals for the next couple of years. And once we um, attain our goals, that's whenever we can start being able to do what the U.S. did. Because it took the U.S. a very, very long time. I mean, after a few, um, I mean, the Women's uh, Professional League started then it stopped, then it started again, and they had to go through so many uh, ups and downs until they at least actually reached something. And that took a very, very long time. And we're just at seed stage, you know? I mean, I know we have started in 2005, the national team, but it started two years, then it was off for four or five years, and it started just again a couple years ago. So it's too many on and offs. That's why whenever I got involved, I didn't want to take up the, uh, the first women's national team. I said, put me in the base, give me grassroots, then I will give you guys the best team that Iran has ever seen. So that that's, that's, um, that's we are at the very beginning stages of U.S., uh, the way U.S. soccer started about 30, 40 years ago. They just reached their goals right now, at least being able to debate about um, their salary. 
I mean, I, I can't debate right now about salary with, right. the, <laughs> with these guys. Yeah, and I wonder, it's probably the same, similar for, for the women on the U.S. team that I'm sure most of them would say the same thing you just said, that it, it really, though, isn't about salary for us, but we're happy that you guys are talking about it. You know, I mean, for them, it's it's the game, you know, just exactly. being able to play. I mean, we want, we want people to enjoy watching us play, not make fun of us. Oh, they're so slow, or this happened, or that happened. I want it to bring it to a level where people will respect us for our training abilities and training under rigorous conditions and like winning tournaments. That's what I want the respect for. And then everything else will follow and be put in place the way it should be. That was Iranian-American Kat Khosrayar championing efforts to grow and develop women's soccer in Iran at the youth level. Be sure to check into Around the Rings online on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm Nicole Bennett. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.